0: And welcome to the Big O Show with the Hall of Famer Orlando Pace. Big O, I know you probably got your Buckeye beads out and ready to roll for the big game on Friday. Nervous anticipation, I would assume. Are you ready for the – and by the way, will you watch the game with your family or are you you shuttered down by yourself?
1: You know what, I'm I'm shuttered down by myself. I probably yell at the television too much or, uh, you know – It's funny, It's funny. I got text messages flying. If Ohio State comes out the gate slow, guys will start heating me up pretty quick. So I'm either responding or or yelling at the TV or something, man. But I'm I'm excited. I just watched their their hype video and got me even more pumped up. So uh, I'm excited about the game. Uh, I think it's fun. Uh, You know, obviously, hopefully we can get some revenge from last year. Uh, You know, I can remember last year, I'm talking trash, and Ike B was on the thread, too. I'm talking trash, all, Uh, you know, the first half, and then I was really quiet towards that second half. So, uh, and guys gave me a little trouble about that. So,
0: yeah, I brought in a football insider, uh, Isaac Bruce, a future Hall of Do I have to say future Hall of Famer? He's, he's a <laughs> big he's right?
1: Hall of Famer? Absolutely. absolutely. Hey, Biggo, you see what I'm talking about, man?
0: He got all the
2: got <laughs>
1: material, oh, man. I'm you telling know, you.
2: He tries his hardest to be funny, man. You oh, yeah, mean, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, Martin hit, hit you with a couple jabs there, here, man, you know, even when he's announcing you, man, I'm telling you. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. This, he's like that dude who wanted to play football, but he ended up being the manager. You know what I <laughs> <what laughs> mean? So, okay.
0: get your joke. <laughs> What's up, Martin? Isaac, good to talk to you. How about the Big O having a weekly show here? Both of you guys, when you were players, were very low-key. You both had plenty to say, but I feel like media-wise, when you player players, pretty low-key – I mean, Isaac, especially he'd give Jim Thomas a great quote in the paper. And I'm like, why didn't we get that on TV? And I'm like, he was slipping out of Rams Park and JT caught him with the recorder. But now now I can't shut you guys up.
2: Well, you know, the truth about it, man, for me personally, I mean, I always knew the importance of words, man. So I didn't I didn't really want to waste words. Um, I didn't want to use my words to, to kind of tear somebody else down. So it was important to me to make sure that my words were at, 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 the, at the very bare minimum and only use them for creativity and, uh, you know, not not so much for communication. So, but after I after I stopped playing, man, I mean, yeah, I got a lot to say. I've been a football fan since I've been four years old. And, um, you know, I have opinions about what I think and how things should be run. And sometimes I give them, sometimes I don't.
1: Yeah, and Isaac, I was a little different, man. I was a little bitter at most of these guys. We talked about Martin and Frank. Hey, man, these guys had talked about me all offseason, man, so I wasn't giving them real material, man, coming in the, in the locker room. Uh, you know, obviously, they, you know, so I was a little, probably a little bitter coming in for the first few weeks of, of the season, so I didn't give them much at all. So, But now we have a platform to talk and share our thoughts, and, and uh, to your point, we are a football fans, so, you know, obviously we can express our, our opinion and, you know, not only about football but about everything in life.
0: Isaac, what did did you know when they drafted Orlando? You'd been with the Rams for a few years and you guys were looking for a building block. You got a brand new coach in Vermeil. You're a fan, so you probably had watched Ohio State. What did you know about O and then do you remember meeting him for the first time?
2: Well, uh, you know, my first couple of years, man, you know, with the Rams, we were were terrible. You know, we were fighting with Cincinnati Bengals for the worst team of the 90s. So we were right neck and neck with those guys. And and you know what? It's, it's funny because when you first come into the league, you know, you want to have su- some success. You know, I was fortunate to have some success. And, you know, from my mindset, I'm thinking we probably need uh, – uh, we had just lost Jerome Bettis. We probably need another – offense. you know, we need a running back. We need a cornerback. We need this and we need that. But when you start to learn how teams are built from the inside out, you know, Uh, you know that it takes all offensive linemen to get a running game going. It takes an offensive lineman to have your passing attack the way you want it to be. So when I learned that and then I learned that we had moved up and traded with the Jets uh, to be in a position to pick Orlando Pace, man, I was just elated, man, because, I mean, everything I heard about this guy was he was just the pancake king. Uh, he he ran Columbus, Ohio. Um, you got you got other guys in in Columbus at that time with this guy. So you speak of him first, and then everyone else. I mean, I heard he was rolling around campus in a Range Rover, and uh, he, he was going to take a pay cut Shit. to get to the Rams. Yeah, <laughs> I can say this stuff. Big O can't say this because you you know these are just rumors from from me. But if Big O, All would say, rumors, would man. Be, really... the NCAA would be investigating Mark. So, but. Truly, man. When he first stepped into the building, you know, you just see how big the guy was. And not only that, but he was very nimble on his feet. He was quick. And everything seemed easy to him. I mean, I got stories about Big O, but I've never really seen him upset but one time. Maybe we get into that later, but that's, that's it. He just made everything look so easy, man.
0: Man, yeah. Isaac Isaac finally reveals why the lengthy holdout he was taking away <laughs> from
1: Ohio State. Hey Mark, so that, that was the joke. That was the joke coming in, like man, Orlando's taking a pay cut or he doesn't need the money. He's making more at Ohio State than any, you know, anywhere. That's
0: but the, uh,
1: man, but uh, all heroes, man. what what did
0: you know about Isaac? Oh, you come into the Rams locker room. He had you know had been a pretty big star already for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, Isaac. You know, obviously, I went in, and, and uh, you know, when you go in, you know, people are, 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 you know, you're talking about it, and then you see, then you see the way Isaac worked and the professionalism. I mean, Isaac's a quiet guy, so you got to know when you walk in, he's not going to say a whole lot to you. He's going to watch and see how you move and, and you maneuver. But the the respect uh, that every guy in that locker room had for him, uh, you know, obviously was, was tremendous. And and you know, obviously, we just wanted to. To you know, obviously, work as hard as Isaac worked and and, and be a professional, uh, the way he approached the game and and, and our team in and, and terms of leadership.
0: And you mentioned him getting mad. I'm trying. My brain is trying to rack this. I think O got thrown out of a game. It was at the dome. Is that is that? The yeah, game?
1: I got I got thrown out of a couple games, man. But I, yeah. I, had, I I always had a hype man, my hype man, who never gets caught, and Roland Williams. All uh, right, and Isaac thinks he's lying because I Roland will come started up with the defensive end, We will get fired up or whatever, and then he'll shift over, he'll motion over somewhere else the rest of the game. And I gotta deal with this guy. He's talking trash. So we kinda it's one of those things we kind of got heated and I probably got thrown out of I think two games. So
0: Isaac, what was the game you're thinking
2: of? Well, uh, the, the game I know for sure is, like I say, Big O, for Big O, it was always, you know, it was it was a cakewalk for him. It w- it looked easy. I mean, it probably wasn't, and, and actually in reality it wasn't, you know, but for a guy to be chewing a piece of gum and just dominating a guy like Dwight Freeney on the other side, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it looked easy. <laughs> you know, the, the game I'm thinking about is in Cincinnati. We're, we're playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and, you know, I don't know what happened, but Big O comes back to the huddle, and he's he's chirping. He's, he's somebody must have hit Big O late or something, and he didn't like it too much. But when he came back, I just saw in his eyes. That was the first time I ever seen his eyes bloodshot red. And he went, <laughs> went and you know when he's when he's not mad, he'll dominate you. But when when Big O gets mad and upset at you, you know when he dominates you, he's gonna drop all that weight on top of you. So <laughs> you don't you don't want to see that Big O. You stick with
0: Bill Bixby and don't pull out the Incredible Hulk.
1: Man. Hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs>
0: The rare Bill Bixby reference. Do you remember? <laughs> would that have been? Was that the Bengals game in '99 when you guys? That was the game. Yeah. Azakeem, yep. had the big. Didn't he jump over yeah. somebody or something? Do you remember it's, that? What's he talking about? Oh,
1: I just remember. And this is this might be this might be our team. This is the way our team kind of was. Whenever you go back to your home state or your hometown, <laughs> guys just get fired up for some reason, man. And guys get after, you know, get after it because you either got some family or somebody and you're just not having it. And, uh, you know, obviously I think I was playing against a guy that, uh, that was probably talking a little too much. And, uh, you know, we, we, had to, we had to show and prove who we were and, and what I could do. So uh, we, were, we were fired up that game um, and it, it was a good game and I probably got a little heated at, at some point. But, uh, you know, that was it.
0: You know, uh, John Shaw and Dick Vermeule both said there's this story before the 99 season. And Vermeule was on the ropes. The team had been bad for a couple of years. And, and Vermeil said to Shaw, I think we're going to be good. Just give us two more pieces here. And lo and behold, they draft Tory Holt. They signed Adam Timmerman. They signed Trent Green, all of the above. I mean, a lot of things they trade for Marshall. Um, but did you guys think, before you started winning a game in 99, did you think, hey, maybe even though, you know, down and out Rams, it, it really is going to be our turn. Did, did you believe that, Isaac, going into 99?
2: Well, you know, it's human nature to always do like a tail of the tape, you know what I'm saying, even in, even in boxing. I mean, you, you you pit two guys versus each other and you kind of want to see the tail of the tape and see, you know, how they stand up against each other. So, um, you know, I'd been in the league long enough uh, so when I played a team like the 49ers, you know, I can go down their list and see the guys that I knew were going to make an impact for them, and they had a ton of them. Uh, you know, when I looked at our roster, we didn't have that many. You know, so that spring of 99 and when everybody got in the training camp and you just saw what we had at the positions we had, how the offensive line was all built out, uh, what we had on from a defensive standpoint. Up to that time, we were more of a defensive team than an offensive team. So we always really pretty much relied on the guys on the defense to make plays and probably get us the ball so we can probably punch it in. But, um, you know, just, just when, we t- when I took the, my personal tail of the tape and saw what we had, uh, you know, across the board, I was real excited, man. I thought that, you know, we'd have a a really good chance to win probably eight or nine games that season.
0: And, oh, did Martz kind of bring the swagger? I mean, certainly the roster improved, all those names I mentioned. But the Rams had not had any, what do they call it, sway? Is that what the kids call it? I mean, did, did yeah. Martz kind of give you guys that confidence?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think he did. But I think the most important thing he did it was he had Dick Vermeil's ear. Before he would, you know, Coach Ramil was running us down in training camp. And I remember feeling really fresh and, and wondering why and just confident because <laughs> you know, Mike March wasn't about that three hour, twice a day practice. Let's hit and beat him down. You know, he wanted to get out and, and we were talking about practicing fast and efficient. And we were kind of, you know, when you got Marshall Falk and, and Trent Green at the time, you know, obviously we were just looking for hope. And we, to, to Isaac's point, You know, when you start seeing, you know, the names on the roster, the big names and and the great thing about that season and and those guys and where we were in in our careers, everybody felt like they had something to prove. Right. Marshall was coming over from Indianapolis. He had just got traded. He probably felt like he had something to prove. I was coming into my own a little bit, so I felt like I had something to prove. Uh, Tori was a young guy, and I'm sure Isaac, you, you, I'm sure you had, felt like you had something to prove because we had a couple down years there as a team. So when you look at that and you start seeing the way we were practicing in training camp, fast, efficient, guys are completing balls, guys are running the ball, you know, and, and the way Mike constructed his offense, you, you just knew that it was different than what we had experienced before.
0: Yeah, Mike would take care of his stars. How many OTAs or mini camps would I would I would say, where's Marshall? And Mike would kind of look off in the sky and say, He uh Marty, he had he had an appointment today. And then my friends would text me from Norwood, and say he's playing 18. <laughs> he knew how to do it, man. Uh what about that? And Isaac, you knew March better than anyone because you had had he was your receiver coach, right? In LA?
2: Yeah. Uh yeah, I met I met uh Coach Marks uh my rookie year. He was with the quarterbacks initially. Then that following year, nineteen ninety five, he bes- he became my position coach. But I mean, I, I don't think Coach Marks gets enough credit as far as how knowledgeable of the game he was from every position. I mean, he he could talk an offensive lineman as far as his footwork and how where where to put his hands. Uh, push it out to the tight end position. You know, he played tight end at President of State, so he thought he could, you know, he thought that was pretty easy for him. But as far as as far as far the quarterback position, wide receiver position, every position on offense, I thought he had the ability to take a player from one level to the next, and he did it masterly.
0: Did he and Vermeil yeah. ever – did they clash at all? Because I'm sure Dick would be thinking run it, run it, run it more times than Mike would be thinking that. And even at your charity event, the Isaac Bruce Foundation, we had all those guys up there and – Mike was telling a great story and he said and uh, coach Vermeil was in real dick mode that week or that it, it was a great joke but did they did they ever battle a little bit even on the sideline?
2: Well the clash the clash would be this um you know as confident as coach Martz was you know he had to pull coach Vermeil up to that level because coach Vermeil wanted to see it happen on the field. Yep. He wanted to uh he wanted to see the defense manipulated to the point where Mike knew where they were going to be and then run that play. And if we executed it in practice, you know, that gave him, you know, less anxiety uh, come Sunday, Monday night, whatever we played to run that play. And he was cool with it.
1: Absolutely. And and, and Martin, go ahead and Mark, one thing that Mike didn't get a lot of credit for and Isaac can, like his pre, like on our on our Wednesday meetings, I've never felt so prepared for, for a team. On Wednesday, before we put any installation in, because he'll take that team's best player, whether we're playing against a Deion Sanders for Isaac Bruce or a, uh, you know, a Michael Strahan or whoever it might be, and he'll put a big X on it, right? And for some reason that did something for me. I don't know if it did something <laughs> for you. Or at least it took the pressure and said, hey, you know, we're going to X this guy out or whatever it might be. Uh, and 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 he just he got us fired up from that point on. Whether he's in there talking about how he's gonna kick Hazlitt's butt at, at, at midfield when they shake hands or whatever that might be, but uh, we kind of took on his his mantra and his attitude uh, offensively. And we didn't really care about who we were facing. He made it all about our us and our offense, which was cool. Uh, looking back on that and just saying, man, no matter what we do, can't anybody stop us? I've
0: yeah. told people yeah. from 99 through 2001, I said, the Rams were bigger than the Cardinals and that sounds crazy in St. Louis, but when it exploded and you guys also, there were a lot of appearances. There wasn't a Wednesday or Thursday. One of you guys wasn't out at some, you know, the local grocery store or the mall. I mean, every night we were covered in live on Fox, Two. somebody like, everybody just wanted a piece of that team. Just give me an idea what, what it was like. Once you guys got good and you win. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, The whole league's talking about the greatest show on turf. What was it like during that period in St. Louis? Because it sounds crazy. The Cardinals are huge here. But I'm telling you, for those three years, the Rams were bigger.
2: Most definitely. It It was a tough ticket to get. But, you know, for players, guys who have played in the league, the only respect that you want is from your peers. I mean, first and foremost, the guys that you share a locker room with and then the other guys around the league. Now, when you sit down and you hear some of the comments and some of the the interviews of, of 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 our opponents guys who played against us and and what we could do as a unit it they were they were blown away so when they start to give that respect to you man it just kind of you know if you if you're not careful it could blow your head up you can make you arrogant to the point where it could set you up for something but it just let us know that our hard work was paying off our scheme it 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 was really it was really good guys were wishing to come in and kind of uh, you know, I remember, you know, Chris Carter wanted to come in at towards the end of his career. And I don't know if he was trying to sneak and get him a ring at the end of it. But, you know, he was one of those guys who wanted to come in and just be a part of what we had because I thought it was really, really good. Those guys, our opponents, they thought it was great. All the comments that I ever heard from everyone outside of our, our uh, locker room was all positive about what we was doing.
1: Yeah, I think the unique thing about that team, uh, and Martin, you spoke to it a little bit, just um, you know, we had appearances throughout the week, and, and one thing I can say about the team: everybody genuinely enjoyed each other, both on the field. We had a ton of fun, but that year off the field, we had a, we had a ton of fun as well. We, we, you know, we we hung out, you know, after practice, after games, and really enjoyed. Uh, we enjoyed that season for the most part. So uh, I thought that made a big difference. That everybody kind of came into their own, and we all we all just. We're really good friends, on and off the team. And when you see teams play now, you can almost tell these guys—they're they, not a unit. Uh, they're, you know, that kind of thing. But that was the unique thing about us. We all kind of hung out, and uh, not only we went hard, probably on and off the off the field. Let me say that much. <laughs> <laughs> Hold
0: on, did Isaac go hard off the field? I'm not picturing. I'm picturing. He'll go, I got Orlando wearing like a designer sweatsuit at some Pepper Lounge downtown, going in the back door. And Isaac said, hold reading read the Bible.
2: Hey, it's called. Hey, listen, it's called Glasses, and it's called, you know, Baseball Cap, it's called the Musad, you know, all those other organizations that you only hear rumors about. But you'll Maybe. never know, Martin, you'll never absolutely, know. Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: We got run Mexico over here, slide. Right <laughs> this is a good time to tell the story. Orlando probably has never heard this. Speaking of going out, I my favorite Isaac Bruce story is that he went to see the Rolling Stones, with John yeah. Shaw, the team president. Tell O how that happened.
1: Oh.
2: Man, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I mean, you know, this is a family-friendly show, so I, I'll try to keep it like that. But, you know, so I'm in the locker room one day, and I guess I'm getting ready to leave. And, uh, you know, John Shaw's in the building. So, you know, he, he comes and he was like, hey, what's going on, Isaac, everything? You know, I guess he always had that one guy, you know, that he talked to just kind of represent himself to the entire team. So I guess at that moment, it was me. That and he asked me, you know, yeah, what are you doing? And what are you doing? And I was like, chilling, man. You want to go to see Rolling Stones? And I'm like, <laughs> the Rolling Stones? Man, I'm from the hood. I mean, I <laughs> what I'm saying, I said, yeah, I'll go, yeah, I'll go. So we end up at the Rolling Stones and, and uh, I forget what what stadium. It might have been at the Dome. They might have had this concert at the Dome and we were in the booth to go. And uh, man, it was it was like something from TV. You remember? You remember how Michael Jackson, would do concerts and just how like it was a sea of people right it was a sea of people for the rolling stones they come they come out singing i can't get no satisfaction <laughs> and i'm looking down in the crowd oh and i see these ladies man old ladies pulling their bras off swinging over their heads
1: I'm
2: like is this t-? i'm like is this tv now mind you like the rolling stones mick jagger now he's like 60 65 and singing i'm like man what you know chicks with their bras swinging them around and I'm like, I'm like, I, you know, the baseball game was on that night too. And I think I'm sitting, I'm kind of sitting, they might've been playing Boston in the world series if I'm not mistaken, but uh, I'm sitting, I'm just sitting watching the baseball game. I'm like, man, you know, I got about 20 more minutes and I'm going to be out of here. But uh, hey, hey. it was a, it was a different experience for me, man.
1: Trust was John Shaw was, was John on the sweet dancing and partying man or oh, what?
2: Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> now here, here's the part. Here's the part. Uh, you know what? This is going to be, uh, you know, exclusive interview right here. So he, goes, he walks, he walks up to me, right? He comes get my ear. He says, "Uh, uh, they're singing. I can't get no satisfaction, right?" go. <laughs> <laughs> he he said, "He says I remember this song long time ago. You know how he is. He kind of shake when he right, comes. Right, he right. said I remember this song like I lost my virginity to this song." <laughs> and he says, he says. <laughs>
1: Oh, this is good. This is good. It,
2: it sounded it sound like a worker, you know. Uh it was to a worker. Right. I mean? So fill in the blank. And uh he, he's telling me this is the song that she's singing. I can't get the <laughs> <hell's that. laughs> I think he was looking for a laugh, but I looked at him like this. I'm like Okay. Wait till I get to the locker room.
0: <laughs> but uh but yeah, man, that was that was hilarious, man. Oh, okay. my, oh my! I'm picturing the initial conversation because John has a unique voice. Isaac, did you want to go to the show? It'd be great. It's down at the dome. George's got the box. I could. Just... <laughs> oh my god! Well, I don't think is that going to be a part of the Hall of Fame speech. Probably not. Not at
2: all. Not at all, man. Not at have, all.
0: Have you Have you written your speech?
2: I haven't, man. No, I haven't. So I'm still kind of kind of just receiving and putting my thoughts together. And you know what most most of the time when I'm when I'm probably training or working out, you know, I'll get certain things that come to me. And, you know, I, I told myself here not long ago, I started taking a notepad to the gym and, and uh when it starts to flow like that, I'll just write it down. And uh, hey, make hey, sure I put it in that speech.
1: Hey Isaac, how is that uh how's that process? I know you, you know, with everything that's going on in twenty twenty, um is the like? How is that process going to work for just you know in the upcoming, you know, enshrinement? How is that work? Have they have they discussed the details with you guys moving forward and just how that works? I know it's going to be a ton of guys that have to get yeah. in. Yeah. You know, how, how is that? How is that working?
2: So so they're calling it twice as fun in twenty one. So they're gonna they're gonna push uh, the twenty twenty class and the twenty twenty one class together. So what I hear is that it's going to be. Uh, speeches given Saturday, it's going to be speeches given that Sunday night. But the uh, the uh, what is it, the gold jacket dinner? Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be it's not gonna be a dinner. It's gonna be like a show, like the uh, like the the NFL awards. Okay, the yeah. they do it. So that's the style they're gonna do it this year. And I guess everybody's gonna get an opportunity, you know, to be introduced from that standpoint. With you know, with everyone that they invite to the to the gala. I'm not sure where they're gonna hold that, but. Um, it it it, it bows for a very long weekend, very long night, especially with the speeches, big old. Because I've been to this, I've been to your speech, and I honestly was nodding about to go to sleep with some of these guys. and <laughs> I was I was fatigued and I was ready to go, but it's gonna be a long night, so we we got to be prepped for that. Are you
0: asking? Yes. Are, you, are you going in as a 49er? <laughs>
2: <laughs> saying, there, he is, there he is there's that, man- there's that manager there's, there's that little o. jab right there
1: man i'm telling you the playmaker
2: the playmaker
0: raises his head again
1: <laughs> oh.
2: absolutely
0: not absolutely not man I no no far. sir not a chance oh, how excited are you o, to see isaac in there with you
1: just just really excited um obviously you should have been in there years ago but uh to have an opportunity to have a another member of of the St. Louis Rams, greatest show on turf, in, in the hall uh, is special. Um, you know, I'm excited. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Tori can get in, and then we'll have both of both of the uh, everybody in, in the same year. So that'll be that'll pretty that'll be neat to get in. Uh, but extremely happy for Isaac and everything that he's accomplished. Well deserved. I uh, Can't wait to to hear his speech. And then I don't want to give too much away about the weekend because there's so many cool things that happen that weekend. Uh, you know, get some rest. It'll be a, it'll be a, a whirlwind, but uh, it should be a lot of fun uh, and, and excited to, to be a part of it.
0: You know, and getting in the hall, you got to have the great resume. It helps to have won a Super Bowl, but for playmakers, too, it helps to have a signature play, and I think for Isaac, I know his favorite play, his personal favorite play is the Ricky Prohl catch, but I think the touchdown in the Super Bowl is one of those signature moments from a big-time player Take me back into that huddle there when Mike makes the call to kind of go for the gusto there, the deep ball to Isaac. What do you guys remember in the huddle? Because you're trailing at that point when that play was called. Well, the score was tied well, It 16-16 at, at that time. time. That's right.
2: Uh, you know, we, we, we had just had a couple of three and outs, I think probably two consecutive. And then, you know, we come back out after they tied the score up. And, you know, we're kind of in a huddle. Um we're close to the two minute warning, two minute warning happening. And and from my standpoint, you know, when I hear Coach Bartz tell the story is that, you know, he just wanted to kind of, you know, you know, waltz into uh, the two minute warning and then take a shot at a winning field goal or some kind of way, you know, push the ball down the field and, and get in the end zone. So that was his thinking. Um, you know, when I heard the play call. It's funny because we had run that, ran that play so many times before. Twins right, Ace right, nine ninety nine, H Balloon. You know, it's normally a play where we have four wide receivers on the on the field, uh, Tory, Ricky, and uh, Oz, and myself. And uh, Oz would always be on my side. Ricky and Tory would be on the opposite side. So when the play was called, you know, it was it was pretty much what we had figured it would be. You know, run everybody off, and then dump the ball down to Marshall. Let Marshall do his thing. Hopefully that takes enough takes up enough time to get to the two minute warning. And then from there, after the two minute warning, you just go out and try to run your offense and get some points the best way you can. And and if we had to let the defense win it, so be it. But, you know, it's funny, like because when I was in the huddle, like I said, when I heard that play call, we never throw the outside routes. We just never do that for that play. And when I heard it call, I was like, okay, well, this is this is it right here. This is the moment. And for me, I got excited. Um, I just made sure that I came off the ball once the ball was snapped. You know, with full fit, uh, with, with with full speed, I come off the ball, and and uh, it's it's a uh, it's a coverage where they're playing press man, and all night long they hadn't they play press man, but they don't impede your progress, so they they never try to get their hands on you, and uh, it was it was very similar to the way they had been playing the full three quarters, and and uh, when I released outside, I knew I recognized it was just me and the cornerback. Uh, the safety took the middle of the field. And it's funny. I see the ball go up. I see the ball leave Kurt's hand and I see Kurt get kind of knocked down and Then my eyes, go to the football. And the ball always to me, it seems as if it dropped out of the out of the ceiling, through the smoke, through the halftime smoke. And it just went into my hands. I kind of made the guy uh, fall off balance that was covering me. And when I got the ball in my hand, man, it was just a race to the end zone. And and I always say this because it was true. It's got it's like everything went slow motion for me. I see, you know, uh I, I believe it was Tony Dorsett, his son, Anthony Dorsett, and he doesn't make the initial play. And I see Samari Roll chasing me, and I see Oz over the top, and he blocks him, he knocks him off, and then from there my eyes go to the screen, man. And it's it's something that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell anyone to do in the midst of a football game. But it's just funny, like even in the Minnesota game, my eyes go straight to the jumbotron. And uh, in that moment, my eyes go to the jumbotron again. So I see everything that's happening in front of me and in back of me at the same time. People chasing guys spread out on the ground after the play uh, uh, had, had, had happened from the line of scrimmage standpoint. And I see number 37. He's chasing me. I see him chasing me. Uh, I see number 35. He's chasing me. He, he dove at my feet. And from there, my eyes go down from the Jumbotron to just all of the fans that were sitting in the stands. And I see uh, uh, the Tennessee Titans fans. I see Rams fans cheering, Tennessee Titans fans who are doing the surrender Cobra and just, you know, wondering what's happening. And from that moment there, that's when it all popped. So I see Ricky, we're celebrating Oz, t Hope's coming. And I see Marshall coming and we're all celebrating from that standpoint, man, it was just a a group of us in that corner just celebrating that moment, man. So that, it was so real and, and it seemed like it was fake. And then, you know, as I'm walking to the sideline, you know, when I kind of snap into it, I'm walking right next to Georgia and I'm wondering, how, you know, how in the world she get on the sideline walking next to me, walking to the, you know, to the bench. So it was one of those moments, man. It was just, it was, it was freakish in this, in, in the way that it happened, but so supernatural, man, that, that it seemed like a dream. And, and, you know, in those moments, I think you want to celebrate, You know, you know, you don't want to jump up and and shout and do whatever, whatever you're going to do. But, you know, those dreams, when they happen like that, man, since you've been there so many times, you just kind of just go with the flow and just walk it off. And that's pretty much what I did.
0: Well, I know you guys both got to go uh, count your stacks of money, probably get on the treadmill, (laughs) but we should probably uh, get an Ohio State prediction from both. Mm. You know, Dabo's got the Buckeyes 11th in the country. He justified it by saying, well, they haven't played that many games. Uh, I, I would think, oh, that I'll bet you the Buckeyes are talking a little bit about that, aren't they?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think Dabo is, uh, has given, given us a lot of bulletin board material uh, moving forward. It was a tough game, uh, but he, he just seems like he just lets it fly, um, and, and, and uh, he's, he's talking a lot about uh-huh. Ohio State. So hopefully uh that'll give us some extra motivation although we shouldn't need much uh being that they uh they the, the way that game ended last year so uh I'm fired up for it I think I think we uh I think we'll come out it'll be a close game hard fall game similar to last year but uh I think we'll come out on top.
0: Isaac you got you giving them a fighter's chance?
2: Well, <laughs> i tell you what. Big O always know. I'm always giving Ohio State crap man because you know they play in the they play in the Ohio State in the big nine. That's what I call it. Because they don't play anybody all year long and then they end up in this position every single year. Now, but here's the thing. I'm 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 full-fledged Ohio State in this game because you know I don't get Dabble 20 either, man. He he talked as if he's actually gonna go out there and line up and play. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about a guy who played at Alabama, that means he was on the roster. He <laughs> never played. I don't think he lettered. And, and the guy just speaks and talks like, you know, he's going to line up next to these guys. So I'm, I'm full-fledged all day, all long, four-quarters strong uh, Ohio State Buckeye this weekend, man. And, and, and I hope they get it done.
1: Absolutely. How
0: about that? How about, he's got your back. Yeah, Dabble, You know, Dabo is pretty political. He shows up at the Cardinals game, and he's wearing a Cardinal hat, and everybody's like, oh, the Clemson coach loves the Cardinals. Two days later, he's at the Brewers game. A week later, he was at the Cubs game. And I'm like, this guy's working his way through the Central Division. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with the bucket. I'm going to break out my Buckeye beads that I bought back in O2 I believe. But, guys, great to get together. It's the Big O Show. Isaac, you're our first featured guest. We're going to be rolling through some former Rams and uh, who knows, maybe some Hall of Famers on the show as well. And then we're going to let Big O, he'll start taking the jabs instead of me.
1: Absolutely. Hey man, I
0: appreciate it. Man, thanks. I feel I feel honored to be the first
2: one on the show, man. Thanks, Big old
1: Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, man.